We are recording with Dr. Dale Comstock for his millionth episode on my show. And uh for I know it's uh I know I've, so I've been trying to figure out doing live shit for the last couple of weeks. And uh I'm used to not having to answer to anyone but myself. And I'm realizing now that I have to like be on time for shit. And uh, I really don't, I really don't like that. So if anyone's wondering why it's 13 minutes late, go fuck yourself. That's why. So uh, Dale's been on here before. Dale was the youngest ever member of Delta Force at age 23. Uh, worked for uh, OGA, paramilitary. Was a mercenary. He's a PhD. Is a is a black belt. Trains dogs and uh, is an explosives expert. And has done just about everything under the sun. Actor, professional boxer, uh, life coach. And uh, I think the first episode you ever came on here was episode 50. This is episode 1075. So Dale's one of the OGs. And um, I'll put his book, I'll put a link to his book, uh, American Badass, in the description. I'll also put your Instagram and Twitter. Your Instagram is one of the most fun follows. It, uh, it's, that's how I originally found you. That's, that's actually a little inside baseball. That's how I found Dale. It was like March of 2020. I just, I just messed with him on Instagram. I was like, hey, man, you want to do my podcast? And you're like, yeah. It's like, all right. People ask me, like, how do you meet Dale? I'm like, I literally just messaged him on Instagram. You're just like, yeah, let's do it. Text me. I was like, cool. The end. That's the beginning and the end. But so I don't keep on babbling. Dale, introduce yourself for all the new listeners, man. Yeah. So uh, hello, everybody out there. Um, so first of all, you know, Tommy introduced me as Dr. Dale Comstock. Okay, I have a, I have a, a postgraduate degree. Technically, you could consider me a doctor. I see there's all this drama on, about uh, Jill Biden, you know, calling herself, she ain't a doctor. You know, okay, look, doctor is just nothing more than, um, it's a title for a level of achievement, right? A yeah. professor, what would you, you know, anyway, whatever. Um, I'm not a medical doctor, so, um, and I don't really care if anybody calls me doctor. Just call me Dale or hey, you, you know, if you're looking at me. <laughs> um, I don't, uh, you know, that's fine with me. So um, I'm not into that formal stuff. For me, getting a doctor degree was just for my own, actually for my own personal knowledge and gratification. Um, I wanted to uh, learn more about alternative medicine and natural health and counseling and things like that, just for me personally. So anyways, um, with all that said, you know, I Delta Force operator for 10 years. I was a Green Beret, uh, light and heavy weapons expert. Uh, I was an 82nd for a while. I was an infantryman. Uh, I was an alert platoon for a while. So I did 20 years in the Army <clears throat> after I graduated. I graduated. <laughs> yeah, basically, I did graduate it because, you know what, the Army is probably the best college out there, man. You know, and I, I, I used to recommend, I say I used to recommend that everybody do a stint in the military, right? And at least in my day. Now, I tell you, honestly, I got to be really honest, man. Um, I actually discourage people from joining the military. I get a lot of guys call me, particularly young guys. Um, recently, I had a kid from L.A. call me. He goes, hey, you know, I'm really interested in joining the military and, you know, in special operations, you know. And he looked up to me and he's like, you know, do you have any recommendations? I said, yes. Go to college. Get smart. Build your own business. Become a sovereign man. And, you know, don't be reliant on anybody, you know for that matter, you know, as, as much as you can, you know, and so because the army, you know, at least the U.S. Army is not the same army. I remember, even though I'm not in it, I don't have to be in it. Right. Um, I already didn't see all the wokeism and, and I've heard, you know, guys that are in the military tell me about it. I still have a, a pretty good connection to the military. And so it's not like I'm a completely on the outside looking, you know, just kind of listen. I actually see and hear things, too. But, um, yeah, that's where we're at, because honestly, um, somebody asked me. I actually had a BBC reporter call me two days ago and want to talk to me about um, my exploits in Yemen. I actually want to do a BBC documentary 
and they want to come over here in April and, and uh, kind of involve me in this, which I'm sitting on the fence on that one, by the way. Um, my only real, my really own only interest in that area is just to um, explain, if you will, what we were doing, why we were doing it. But more importantly, um, there's a lot of people out there literally, you know, calling for the arrest of the team, you know, calling us all kinds of names, killers, you know, assassins, murderers, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, they're not really all wrong. I mean, yeah, we did, you know, let the air of a lot of bad guys, but they were bad guys. They weren't like, you know, just arbitrary dudes that, you know, that the client had a heart on about these were actually terrorists and stuff like that. Right. So, and, and I also said, look, we didn't just go out and blindly, you know, target somebody because the client said, get that guy. Uh, we're like, yeah, okay, let's do our own until, you know, uh, analysis on it. And, uh, and we did, we did our due diligence uh, through human sources, through um, SIGINT sources, through the internet, you know, and basically what we concluded was, yeah, that guy is a legitimate target. So let's take him out. And we did it surgically. Um, and so anyways, um, so I want to kind of get ahead of that a little bit and uh, not because, I didn't do anything wrong. Um, did I make money? Hell yeah. Why not? You know? And so, you know, <laughs> I, I went down and risked my life, honestly. And, you know, nobody knew where I was. Um, I was out on a, you know, I'm out in the street, you know, streets of Aden in a street fight with terrorists, literally Al Qaeda, you know, and it was me and three, four other guys. And that was it. There was no QRF. There was no close air support. There was no, you know, no mass unit, surgical unit. There was nobody. It was just us. And if we got wounded or got killed, then probably nobody would ever know other than maybe they'd see us, you know, in an orange jumpsuit hanging, you know, their head chopped off or something, or maybe on the news for a minute for propaganda purposes, but nobody knew we were there. So yeah, a lot of risk. Um, and of course there's a lot of reward for it. Right. So at the end of the night, you know, I sleep really, really good because I know that, uh, you know, I did my part to fight the bad guys, man. So anyways, I digress. Um, so, you know, again, you know, I kind of look back at my military career and I'm like, man, you know, was it all worth it um, considering where we are today and the disrespect that a lot of veterans get now on uh, the disrespect to our military? Look, you know what? It's disrespectful when um, you pull a, you pull us out of Afghanistan, right, and just kind of pull us out like that and you put a bunch of guys in. You know, you botch it up the way you did and you get 13 people killed because mm -hmm. you screwed it up. Right. And uh, and I think it's disrespectful to everybody that's ever served in Afghanistan because we were there for a purpose. Right. We had a cause, you know, and we and we fought for that purpose and that cause. And then uh, just a just a pull pitch like that and, and leave Americans behind and have Americans die in the final minute because of piss poor planning, poor leadership, poor all these things um, is really an insult to every every person that ever that participated in that campaign for the right reasons. And they pulled us out for all the wrong reasons. And, you know, and so, you know, I look at that. I look at back at Mogadishu. You know, what happened there? Here we have a mission to, you know, kill or capture Adid. Okay. And then, uh, but, you know, um, Bill Clinton and his regime didn't want to provide us the equipment and the weapons and things that we needed to complete the mission. They wouldn't give us armored vehicles. You know, we asked for all that. Bradley's, no, 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 no. And then, uh, but they want us to kill this guy, right? And, and his, all his uh, other uh, lieutenants. Well, when the, when the firefight happened, the big firefight, as you know, um, you know, we lost a lot of people, man. Um, you know, a lot of Delta operators and a lot of Rangers went down that day, you know, and, uh, 
in total of 18 just KIAs on that that night, um, U.S. and then uh, you know 77 wounded. Um, of course, there were hundreds and hundreds. You know, the count I got was 700 to 1,000 enemy KIA that night, but uh, and it would stand to reason considering the amount of you know you know lead we were slinging at them or you know was being slung at them. But uh, um, and then we pulled out. We got a bloody nose. You know, we lost a bunch of guys. Michael Durant got you know rolled up. He's MIA. And uh, suddenly we went from, you know, a direct action mission to kind of a hostage rescue mission. And it's like, just, you know, give them, get them, get them back so we can get out of here. Just leave you guys alone. And, and so a bunch of people died that night um, and were wounded. And our commander in chief, who's supposed to complete the mission, lead by example, you know, turned tail and ran is what he did. And so all those men that died, Gary Gordon, Randy Shugart, you know, all these guys, Delta guys, you know, and then all the Rangers and 10th Mount, everybody got smoked, died for nothing. Mm -hmm. And those families, their families were left behind, you know, without them. And so this is, this is, you know, this is problematic for me. And, uh, and now as I look back, I thought that might be a one-off, you know, but now I realize it's not a one-off. And, uh, and so being very disgusted, um, with our, with, you know, our government particularly and the way things are going, even in the military, I don't want no part of it. And I recommend nobody take part in this thing, man. There's look, I have guys coming to me for training, literally, um, you know, two months at a time, they spend tons of money, thousands and thousands of dollars. You know, they, they stay here. Um, and basically for 60 days, I go out and train them, you know, shooting, fighting, you know, everything that goes, you know, they want the Bo uh, the Jason Bourne, uh, you know, uh, menu of, of, you know, TTPs, tactics, techniques and procedures, but they don't want to join the military because they also feel like it's not worth going to the military and uh, but they need they want the skills. Right. And uh, and so am I training militia? No, I'm just training guys that are concerned about their, you know, their survivability and their sovereignty particularly young rich men but like man you know i got a feeling they're going to be coming for me you know um in fact I, trained, I had two guys in the class they were roommates one was a one was jewish um um actually from um belarus originally his family you know very conservative pro-trump and uh and jewish and wealthy and they were scared they weren't scared of the trumpers they were scared of the left Right. They're scared of the future and what might happen to them, you know, and so they wanted to be prepared, <laughs> you know, and no, and why wouldn't it be? I mean, you got Iman, Elon uh, Omar, you know, whatever, you know, freaking Somali bitches right up there talking shit about the Jews. You know, I'd be a little concerned, yeah. too. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, and so and the roommate was, by the way, this is even a funnier story. This guy is actually a Catholic priest, same age, they're both 28 years old. And so I put them both up in the same Airbnb and they were roommates. Right. So I got a Jewish guy and I got a, you know, I got a Catholic priest, same age. And the Catholic priest actually wanted to go join the army and be a Green Beret. He did join the army, went through all the training. And then the COVID bullshit started. And uh, because he refused to take the vaccine, um, guess what happened? He got he got booted. Right. And so, and here's the irony. Now they're like, okay, everybody, we're sorry. No more, you know, COVID vaccine mandates. And he's out. Come yeah. on, man. You know what? And this is why I'm telling people, Hey man, wake up, smell the coffee, man. There's, you know, being the special forces, being special opera, being military is not the end all be all. Doesn't, you know, define you as a man or anything like that. There are other ways to challenge yourself in life. And, uh, and, and if you have to challenge yourself and see what kind of man you are, there are other things you can do. Right. So, um, you know, a lot of other things out there you can do. It's not just, you know, and I'm sorry to say that, but hopefully, you know, this administration goes away real fast and the next 
go around, we get some level-headed leadership in there. And uh, I shouldn't even say leadership because that's a misnomer, you know, administrators, because, you know, they're, they're not leaders, man. By definition, the president's not a leader. Um, none of them are leaders, man. They're really just, um, they're really just CEOs, man. You know, they're at the executive level, they're administrators. That's it, man. Um, and so, but anyways, we need people that are smart administrators that uh, will, you know, abide by the constitution, not violate people's rights, let people live in freedom and, uh, and stop trying to crush us, which, as you know, we've talked about this before, you know, there's an agenda here with the global reset, uh, one world government, you know, the, the World Economic Forum, the G20 summit, you know, I was at the G20 summit, um, you know, I heard all the bullshit that was being spewed there, the lies, okay, um, you know, but the, the bottom line is what, what's the, what are, we, what are they trying to achieve? And they're like, well, you know, we want to, we want make the world a better place and people be happy and safe and blah, blah, blah. At what cost? Oh, well, they got to give up their security. Um, they've got to take a, get a vaccine, a COVID a vaccine a passport, passport from the World Health Organization so we can track you so we don't get other people. In Dude, this is all put out. It's, it's constantly being put out. It's like, no, I don't want a vaccine passport. I don't want you to control my movement and I don't want you to control my money. Tell me how and when I can spend it and only, you know, and manage my money for me because I was a bad boy, you know, on a social credit system. But this is where it's going. I heard it with my own ears at the G20 summit. You know, the, what I heard in one, in one, in one session was we have a food shortage. We have a water shortage. We have an energy shortage. Um, we're going to have another pandemic and, oh yeah, the Russians are bad, going to kill us all. And so, you know, and, and so with that, we need one government to manage everything to keep you guys safe at the expense of your security, of course, and, you know, and, and then, uh, and you privacy. know, and so, yeah, so just give us all your shit, you know, and, uh, and, and, and you'll have nothing, but you won't need nothing because we'll provide everything you need for you, you know, and it's just, you know, and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, nodding their head. And I couldn't believe it, man. It's like, Jesus Christ, you know, the whole world is being corrupted by these guys. Um, anyway, I'm kind of going off on a tangent. No, so a little bit going. more. No, keep going. No, no, dude, I don't, no, this is, this is what I live for, Dale. It's just, yeah. you getting wound up and then just going, keep going. But, <laughs> well, no, but, you, know, just, but you got to go see well, that with, but that is, but I think that's an important <laughs> distinction is it's, it's not just me screaming in my bedroom, you know, fucking no, Clash no. Wobs a Nazi. No, you were, you were there. You were, yeah. you were there. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's just, and, and I just happen to be privy to a circle, inner circle, um, where I've been exposed to more of this, you know, the chicanery, this madness um, from this, these, this, this elite, right? So this top tier elite, um, you know, the puppeteers, if you will, you know, the Bilderbergers and all these, you know, the Soros and, you know, the people that are literally that own the world banks, right? You, you know, and the United Nations, um, you know, the, I mean, federal, Reserve, we can go on and on, right? There's not everything is what it seems. And most people won't even pick up on that because they're being distracted by all the bullshit, the fake racism, you know, all this bullshit. People, they're going, you know, look at the shiny thing over here. But I was looking at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But while over here, they're doing whatever they're doing. You know, it's just like, the, the, like we talked about the Roman Empire, you know, yeah, give them bread and circus, you know, and uh, give them and Chinese so here we are. balloons. Yeah, exactly. Right. Here we are. Right. And so um, we are in World War Three. It just hasn't gone kinetic ballistic yet. You know, let's, let's face it. We are there. OK. Yeah. And uh, and, you know, you have the Russians already active. And by the way, you know, I hate this. This is going to sound bad too, right? I'm going to sound like a Russian sympathizer. <laughs> you know, they're not my they're not my friends, but I got to really be honest about the situation over there. I'm like, wait a minute, okay, 
Um, what's really, why are they really want to invade Ukraine so, 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 so bad? Okay. There's other reasons that are not obvious. Okay. And it has to do with a lot of things, i.e. these pharmaceutical companies. Okay. Over there and creating experimental drugs and bullshit. Right. Um, oh yeah. Biden's connection and him and his son's connection to Zelensky and the, and the Ukrainian government. Charisma and, and right, the bio right. labs and Yeah. And then also the American agenda about, oh, you know, when we started NATO, what is it, 13 countries? As well? well, we want to expand. You're just 13. What are we up to now? Some ridiculous number. And we said we would never encroach on the, on the Russian border. Here we are knocking on the doorstep. It's just like the Cuban Missile Crisis, right? All of a sudden they show up in Cuba. We're like, oh, shit, we're shitting in our pants, you know, and we're, you know, we're thinking there's going to be a world war here in a minute, you know? And, you know, and so, you know, Kennedy, which was probably the only decent Democratic you know, president, you know, managed to, you know, dissuade them from continuing on and push them back. But what uh, so but we don't, you know, we can't let the Russians feel the same way. Of course we can. And I can't say I really blame them for that, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, so <laughs> let me backpedal way back. So you asked me to tell everybody a little bit about my background. So I spent, you know, 20 years in the Army, Delta Force operator for almost 10 years, Green Beret, uh, 82nd Airborne Division. I got out. I, I Started my own company called Global Security Consultants prior to 9-11. Did, did very well, made a lot of money, sold that company in 2004 to G4S, Wacken HUD. Currently, at the same time, um, when 9-11 happened, I got recruited by OGA. Um, I spent nine and a half years with them doing special operations, um, basically as a contractor, making a ton of money. But uh, doing everything I did in the military, 10x, um, was one of the most satisfying jobs I ever had, man, where I was actually able to take it to the enemy without a bunch of constraints and bullshit that, you know, no comes along. yeah, like in the military. Right. Uh, but that did start changing in the end for me as well, which is why I resigned in 2011, um, ended up in Hollywood, started doing TV shows, um, became part of a production company for a couple of years. And then, uh, that just didn't work out the way I wanted it to. I wasn't happy there. Didn't like the culture, you know, surprise, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, and so, I found, uh, you know, I found my next, uh, you know, my next uh, paradigm in, in Hong Kong. I moved to Hong Kong, was part of a um, uh, bodyguard detail for a multi-billionaire uh, investment banker for a while. I, I met my wife from Indonesia. She went to Indonesia later on. I followed Indonesia, right? Uh, it's funny what women can talk you into, but, you know, <laughs> so I show up in Indonesia and look around, hey, it's not so bad here, you know, and uh you know, I had different ideas because I thought, you know, man, it's a predominantly Muslim country, you know, and uh, it's actually a very liberal Muslim country for the most part. And uh, I'm quite comfortable there. Nobody judges. Um, very pluralistic, you know, right. Um, you know, Catholics, Protestants, Buddhists, Hindus, they're all they're all accept, accepted there. Nobody gives a shit about your religion. None of the stuff that goes on in our country happens there. Everybody knows that, you know, what a man and a woman is, you know, they know, they know that, right. There's no, we ain't got to talk about that, you know, argue about that. There's just two, um, you know, they're, they're still very, for the most part, very conservative, although they have their, their religion is rather relaxed. Right. So they, they're not very dogmatic about it. You know, they allow, you know, women to smoke cigarettes and wear booty shorts and fingernail polish, you know, especially in Bali where I live, you know, phew, chicks riding around on stream bikinis on motorcycles pretty freaking cool right oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyways um so you know anyways i ended up there uh, long story short been there for almost eight years now i think and uh own a company there with my wife doing really well um i travel a lot got business a lot of business in manila and i have a i have a place there as well 
Um, and now I'm currently talking to you from Florida. Uh, I'll be here for a couple of weeks before I go back downrange to Bali. So that's kind of my background. I do a lot of per personal performance coaching. Um, that's my side hustle. You know, I, I take on about seven clients at the most at a time. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's just helped develop other people to be, you know, best versions of themselves. Um, still involved in other things, training, writing, um, do a lot of work with canines, but um, I wear many hats and I'm kind of jack of many trades, but not really a master at all of them. Um, some of them, but not all of them, but um, it works for me, makes life interesting. And like you said earlier, you know, I don't have to get up and answer to the boss. I don't have to be at work at any time. I am, I'm always at work. Every time my phone's with me, I'm working. I'm, I'm at work, you know, and uh, it's a good life. But um, what I want to share with you today is just kind of, you know, talk about a couple of things, man. Um, one, you know, so <clears throat> we kind of talked to this before the show started was Andrew Tate, you know, for those that don't know who Andrew Tate is, uh, he's an influencer, right? He used to be a kickboxer um, and, um, you know, pretty cool dude, man. I've listened to a lot of his shows and I'm like, man, this guy's just nailing it. He's saying exactly what I think. And he's probably saying what a lot of men think and are afraid to say it. Right. But he's he don't care. And I, and I like that. You know, um, I thought I was the only asshole out here. But, you know, I got a I got a friend out here, man. <laughs> and uh, and so um, you should, you, you know, should change anyway. your title to American Bad Asshole. <laughs> hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Right. Um, yeah. You know, well, that's a good idea. Um, but anyways, um, you know, he's the guy that's like very pro men, pro yeah. boys, pro men. Be a man. Stop it's OK pussy, to be a man. You know? It's that's yeah, it. stop. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then he calls out women for what they are, you know, you know, the feminist movement, all this, you know, and all the shit that's, you know, you want to talk about inequity, man. You know, there's a lot of inequity. Women get a pass for a lot of things that men don't get the pass for. You know, it's like, you know, you want to be equal, then share the, you know, share, share the equal punishment, <laughs> you know, the equal consequences. You know, why should you be you sheltered from that? Now, I got to watch how I say that, because. I'm married. I'm married again, but I'm married to an Indonesian woman, you know, and by the way, newsflash, she's actually Muslim. How, how about that? Right. So, um, and she's one of the sexiest, funnest girls I've ever met in my life, you know? And, and so, and she also like most Asian women believes in gender roles. And because of that, our marriage really works well. I'm free to do what I need to do, what I want to do. I don't feel like, you know, is my wife looking and checking on me? I, you know, She's not because she she just lets me do my thing, right? She's uh, you know and trusts me to just be me as I do her, right? I don't I don't tell her hey, you can't go out with the girls or whatever you want to do. I'm like live your life, I live my life, and we live our life together. We're happy together. Hopefully, if we're not, we go our separate ways. But don't expect me to make you happy, and don't you know I don't expect uh, me you know don't expect me to make you happy, and you don't expect you know uh, expect to make me happy, right? So that's how it works. We can do that. And basically what we're saying is we're going to set really low expectations and that's, what's going to make, you know, the marriage yeah. work. If you have, yeah. if you have a low expectation, you know, it's really like, you know it up. <laughs> oh yeah. And you won't be overwhelmed when it does get fucked up. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, um, but it, you know, it works, but, uh, so I'm not throwing women under the bus per se, you know, I'm just throwing, unfortunately, a lot of the American women under the bus and, and look, not all women are the same. I know, um, there are a lot of good women, American women out there. Unfortunately, you know, the system that's in place, all right, it favors them. And so what I mean by that is there is no incentive 
for American men to get married. And I hope you guys are listening to me out there. There's no incentive. If you really think hard and long about it, there's no incentive. And here's why. Statistically speaking, 70 to 80% of all divorces are initiated by women. And women with uh, college degrees are 90% likely to initiate the divorce. So think about your odds, man. They're really, really low. Okay. Um, and so, you know, you got a four out of five chance that that person is going to, going to, is going to take you to the cleaners, especially if they come to the, to the relationship with nothing and you already have something, which is what happened to me, right? I actually lost all my premarital assets, everything. And then everything I acquired after that had nothing to do with the other half. For example, my book royalties, my autobiography, guess what? I got to give the other person, you know, cut it at, you know, uh, everything I've created. And so, and, and, oh yeah. And I had to basically give her my daughter. I don't get to see my daughter six days out of a month. And I pay a ton of, a ton of child support money for the privilege of seeing my daughter six days a month at the whim of my ex. If she allows me to do it, even though it's stipulated in the, uh, in the, in the divorce uh, decree uh, and child custody arrangements. Right. So, you know, I, if she doesn't do it, what am I going to do? Get a call a lawyer and I got to go to court. How long is that going to take? How much money How is that going to cost me? Right. And so here we go. Right. And this is the set up, the system set up against men. Um, you're nothing but a walking ATM machine. You might go, oh, yeah, she loves me. She would never do that to me. I remember those conversations with my ex. Oh, I'd never do that to you. Oh, wait, I, I'm, you know, I don't need you. Yeah, look at it. I'm paying for everything, house, cars, <laughs> everything, and I don't get nothing out of it, man. And so, um, you know, I'm one of those guys. And no, I didn't do anything wrong. They initiated the divorce. Um, you know, <laughs> anyways, well, you know, I don't know all the details of that, but the point is um, the system's rigged against us. Why? Because, well, first of all, the lawyers make money. The judges are supporting their institution, right? Because they were lawyers too. They're going to be lawyers again, possibly. They're friends with all the lawyers. Don't think they're not. They stay hard. Okay. They're all in the same community playing golf together. You it's know? a racket. Uh, yeah. They're all, they're a, all scratching is, each other's backs. It is a racket, right? So they're profiting. The courts are profiting, you know, all the fees and then the revenue service, you know, from whatever state you're in that you have to pay child support payments through they get a cut and they get they're subsidized by the u.s government their monies are matched right so they're making money off of you you're the only guy that ain't making nothing everybody else is getting rich right and oh yeah the other half is getting all kinds of other accommodations if she needs it you know housing you know we can go on and on with all the benefits for single moms right that are in a rut and uh the husband has got to take you got to take it in the ass, right? And if you don't do it, you go to jail, and then you really take it in the ass because, well, both figuratively and literally, because and then you literally take it in the ass, <laughs> and you can't. And how are you supposed to make money if you're locked in jail, right? So it just, every, most not most men, a lot of people know how corrupt the system is, and I got a feeling there's going to be a backlash. And we've talked about my 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 political leanings and things like that. Um, you can goddamn believe that uh, that's going to be on the front of my fucking, you know, on my windshield, man. When I, <laughs> those are things I want to address, man. I want to, you want to talk about equity? Let's talk about equity. God damn it. You know, <laughs> and, you know, and somebody, like, oh, you got to be careful, man. You'll probably piss off a lot of women. I don't give a shit. All right. I don't give a shit. Yeah. All right. And, you know, you don't tell me about, talk to me about morality and ethics, but, uh, you know, only, you know, when it benefits you and not everybody else. And actually more importantly, you know, you should be, you should care about it because it actually impacts the children. They're the victims in this thing, you know? And so um, anyways, <laughs> Andrew Tate, go back to him, you know? So anyways, he ends up, he's in jail um, in Hungary, no charges, him and his brother, no charges. Uh, they locked him up for 30 days. It just extended for another 30 days. Uh, if you watch the news, I guess Mike Tyson's lawyer went over to represent him. She went in and go, Hey, what's the charges? Why you got my client locked up? Hey, you mind letting them out? And they're like, no, another 30 days. 
but no charges, no nothing, and just lot withholding him, right? Now think about that here in this country. If that well, actually, it is happening. In this what country. is happening? Think about <laughs> right. It is actually happening now. Think about January six. There's guys locked up right now for just being in Washington D.C. You know, and <laughs> and through affiliation somewhere somehow, you know, they're ending up they're in a, in, in jail and and been it since January six. You know, or thereabouts. And uh, there's no due process anymore, even in this country. And so, so what's the what's the deal with Andrew Tate? You know, he's been you know accused of you know sex trafficking blah 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 actually I, I from what i understand he runs a porn a porn site the girls that are on the porn site are paid it's voluntary nobody's getting abused nobody's getting trafficked they've even come out and forced they go hey i'm there and i'm you know he doesn't do this, this they've actually the porn actresses the have come out and said that yeah you know his girlfriend's like nah he's not a you know he's not domestic abuse he doesn't do that he doesn't need to, he's a billionaire man a billionaire <laughs> look dude when you're a billionaire when you're a billionaire you can go out and buy 30 pieces of pussy strange every day. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's what money will get you, man. You know, and so the guy's not alone. He's not, you know, he's not lonely. There's no way, you know, and so he doesn't need to rape women and sex traffic women. I mean, you know, in fact, he doesn't need to do any of that because he's got such a huge following already, man. There's other ways for him to make money and profit, just motivating, inspiring men. But, you know, the left has an agenda against him. They don't like to hear him say, you know, dudes, be sovereign. You don't need women, right? But be a passport bro. You, you know what a passport bro is? Bro, passport bro. Basically what the trend is now, um, it used to be called um, MGTOW, men going their own way. And that's still a thing, right? Um, and basically what passport bros is, a lot of American men, actually not just American men, uh, probably European men too, but we'll talk about Americans now, are going, you know what? I don't want nothing to do with these crazy American women. They're all parasitic. You know, I can't trust them. And odds are stacked against me. I'm going to lose everything one day, you know, if I don't do the right thing, if I'm not Mr. Perfect. And and then what? I'm out, right? So why marry an American woman? I want to be married. So I just go overseas, you know, like Asia, for example, and yeah. find me a traditional woman yeah. that actually cares about me, loves me, takes care of me, not trying to milk me for everything and not going, you know, with a little agenda, let me get you know, hang around for a couple of years, and, you know, and, and build up the, the bank, you know, and, the, and, and then, you know, the alimony, alimony amount that I might get and then, and then dump them. You know, dude, I've got um, you see some of these superstars, man. What's his name? man? He pays 30, 38,000 a month in child support. Um, other guys, $19,000 a month child support. And because he got divorced, the wife wanted divorce. And, you know, girls are getting paid millions and millions of dollars in alimony child support. So are you kidding me? You, are you kidding me? Is that was that? Is that is that maybe fair? that's what the whole maybe that's what the whole transsexual movement is? It's just a <laughs> bunch of guys chopping their dicks off to get that sweet sweet alimony money. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> do, do you know what? It could really happen, man. Yeah, Think why about the fuck that for not? Yeah, you're getting right? fucked every other way. Why not? Yeah. So you know, anyways, I, you know this whole Andrew Tate thing, man. And I just kind of want to, you know, I've been thinking a lot about that and uh, kind of curious to see how that's going to go. But I know for sure it's politically driven. Um, you know, they they literally. Dude, they they confiscated all his cars, man. Exotic cars, loaded everything. He had all kinds of Bugattis and everything, yeah. man. Hauled it off, you know. Raided his house. He had ten million dollars laying in there. They fucking took that, you know. Um, and yet, there's not a charge filed against the guy, man. So, um, <laughs> so I would say, you know, don't ever go to Hungary. But you know what? I'm gonna tell you, don't ever go to America either, because it's, it happens here, right? Look, I mean, look what they did to Donald Trump. You know, just hey, we're gonna come into your house and take your wife's panties and shit, you know, and and, and all your stuff, you know. Um, we're not living in the same America that, you know, I, I grew up in and served in and, you know, and then, you know, here I am going, Whoa, 
I don't recognize this country anymore. I don't recognize anybody that calls himself a leader, you know, like General Miley and these other Austin and these other fucking cocksuckers, man. You know, they are not fucking soldiers and they can fuck themselves. I'll challenge them that these guys are fucking suits, have been suits all their lives. And I'm like, where the fuck's he, you know, Miley getting all these fucking ribbons and shit from that guy. Goddamn hasn't seen combat. I guarantee he's never seen combat. Right. They slapped that shit on because oh, I was in a combat zone. and I'm automatically given a CIB, even though I never I, maybe I ran out to the perimeter wall one time to watch, you know, a fucking little firefight. You know, and I maybe took a couple of shots just to say I did it. That's the kind of that's the kind of guys that are in charge of this country. All right. They're not warriors. OK. And look, they're not smarter than m most Americans out there. Anyways, don't don't ever believe that politicians and generals are smarter than you, because at the end of the day, man, um, you know, even Elon Musk said you can buy intelligence, uh, you can buy an education, but you can't buy intelligence. Right. And so there it is. You know, there's a difference between academic uh, you know, intelligence and effective intelligence. Right. All these colleges. Look, at a, look, what's her name? AOC. OK, that is one of the dumbest freaking college graduates I've ever met, man. Some of the shit that comes out of that fucking horse jaw, you know, <laughs> is just like what in the hell, man? You know, and how did she become a politician? You know? I mean, come on. So, you know, anybody in this country should and can be, you know, a president if they really wanted it. Right. If they're given the opportunity, the problem is they'll never get the opportunity. It takes money. It takes um, it takes a network. Right. It takes people to help open doors and guide you in. And guess what? With those guidance and those open doors comes what? Graft. It comes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. You know, um, Beholding so, me, beholding you. And if you're not beholden, they're just going to blackmail you. You get in the office it, because they have the proverbial uh, gun to your head. Yeah. The yeah. people that get there are the least among us. Yeah, exactly, man. Um, hopefully that all fucking changes, man. Um, but anyway, so, you know, Andrew Tate, man, feel for the guy. I'm going to see how that turns out. But, uh, you know, I love what he does and love what he says. He's right on every level. I say the same thing to people all the time. It's like, you know, dudes, be a sovereign man. You know, don't get married. Don't be in a hurry to get married. You get a girl pregnant. Okay. You don't have to get married. All right. Um, especially nowadays, everybody don't give a shit, you know, whether you're married or not. And women, you know, those, you know, you look, it's their responsibility just as much as yours. Look, if, if, if women are allowed to go have an abortion, then men should be allowed to say, Hey, I'm not fucking paying child support. Okay. Because really think about this. If a woman saying, Hey, fuck you, you got me pregnant. I don't want this baby anymore because I don't want to be with you anymore. I'm going to go kill this, this kid, you know, you know, and a guy doesn't get to say anything about it. Doesn't get to stop. It. He has no say in it. That's his child going to be murdered. Okay. Then I think the opposite should be true. If you get someone pregnant and she's going to, and she has the baby, you should say, I don't want to have the kid because I don't have a say if you want to kill him. So why should I, Fair you know, point. if I'm not involved, you know, so then why should I be responsible for paying for him? You know, you see what I mean? It's a two-way street. And, and so, you know, and, and the argument is, well, you know, it's a, it's a living thing. Yeah, it's a living thing inside the womb also, man. And it is my child. It is my DNA. There are two bodies there, two sets of bodies, two sets of DNA, okay? So that's what you have in there, all right? So, and uh, anyways, um, and I think, of, you know, I, I, I don't sit around a lot of times thinking about this stuff, but, I, you know, when I think about it, it's like, you know, I start trying try to really – try to keep not getting caught up with the herd and the herd mindset, you know, and uh, I try to just break away and look at it from another perspective mm -hmm. like this one, you know, you know, if she can, if she can go have an abortion without my consent or she can ha have her, she can have the baby right without my consent, you know, or, you know, disapproval, 
then I should have the right to go, no, I don't want to pay for the child support. Right. So it's a two way street. Right. It goes both ways. You wonder um, how that would, then, you wonder how that would change abortion laws if if it was made possible for men to also get a say on whether or not that might kind of shift the whole thing to a different frame of reference instead of is it a separate body you know is it a living thing i think what would maybe change people is be like yeah a woman wants it but dad doesn't want it people would be up in arms they'd be like you're gonna kill her baby so it's a baby now yeah exactly right right exactly right she has the baby and 24 hours later i kill the baby i'm going to jail for life as well as i should odd dichotomy man odd uh, it is an interesting thing to think about even if you shot her at eight months pregnant and she survived the gunshot wound to the belly, but the baby didn't. That's murder. It's a murder. <laughs> right? Right? So how's it, see what I'm saying? And this is the problem with most people out here in the world, right? The, the dumb masses. Um, they don't really think this thing is through, right? They just take the care. And you know why? Because they're so focused on other shit, you know, that doesn't even matter. You know, like, you know, MTV, the Kardashians and all this, you know, all this TikTok shit, you know, everybody, you know, what was this? They did a survey not too long ago. They asked a bunch of girls, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a fucking TikTok influencer. What the fuck? How, how, do, how do you influence people? You don't know shit. You, you go back shit. to like 1950 and you ask a kid what they want to do. And they're like, I want to work for NASA and put rockets on the moon. That's now. Yeah, it's like, well, that's I want to be a Chinese woman. Kids that's yeah. what the Chinese kids are saying, right? Because yeah. they actually have different algorithms for them, right? The TikTok version of the Chinese kid is all educational stuff, you know, developmental stuff, you know, and the, and they make sure that we get all the garbage shit, the fucking brainwashing you, stuff, you know. You ever seen those like versions of like Nat, National Geographic and Time Magazine where it'll be like National, Ge- it'll be like Congo, Russia, China, Japan, Vietnam, Mexico, and it's all they, they all have the same title, and it's about you know, whatever, this new breakthrough in neuroscience. And then there's the American version. And it's yeah. like, are women girl bosses or some shit, right? And it's yeah. like, yeah, how, how Tom Hanks came to live with the fact he's a billionaire. Like, there's just this shit and you're like, well, you know, maybe, maybe the, maybe we're just reaping what we sow. But to, to what we've been saying is like, it also, like, you know, my parents have, you know, married married once never divorced still together and you know and i've i've had a wonderful life i i genuinely i genuinely believe that has contributed to far more than 50 percent of like who i am is is that my parents stayed together through thick and thin and um you know one of my siblings is married and, and that's great and so it's it's not to, and i know this isn't what you're saying i mean clearly you're you're married I've, I've, I've met your wife and you guys are happy together it's not shitting on the whole concept it's more so don't feel like you need to get bum rushed in. I'm 32. I'm my own boss. I, I, I'm kind of doing everything on my own. I fucking wake up when I want to do what I want. I mean, my job is screaming at a camera talking to Dale. Like, you know, like you can go out and do it. And that doesn't mean that you can't go get a nine to five. That doesn't mean you can't go become a lawyer. I just chose to do this. It also means that I'm not dating anyone. I don't really have any plans to get married anytime soon. It doesn't mean I won't one day. It just means yeah. don't. I had a lot of friends that finished college and they got married because it was the next thing to do. And I think that's what leads to this shit is 
you kind of you sign the papers and you're 24 and then you're 27 and then you're 29 you're well you're not sure if this is right for you but then you realize that there's already a dildo up your ass and if you leave you're fucked for life you're going to be paying shit out the ass forever and if you don't you go to prison like that's that's not you and you don't have to there's alternatives to this thing right one is one is don't get married ideally don't get somebody pregnant in America because it's almost as bad, you you know, and uh, you know, but there are options. Options are go somewhere else where people still are sane and uh, the laws aren't, you know, tilted in the favor of women and the courts and the state making money off you. Right. So um, there are options dude. that. And so there's this, I mentioned earlier, you know, um, passport boys, that is actually a thing. Guys are literally getting passports and traveling overseas to find women that they can be compatible with. And they're everywhere. I, you know, I tell people, I probably shouldn't tell people to do this, but you know, for example, yeah, save them for, save them for me. Stop telling people, Dale. So, I'm still so, saying, yeah. So yeah, we've talked it. about this. It's like, come over there, man. You know, Bali and Indonesia, you know, those areas over there, the women are beautiful. They're, they're naturally beautiful. They're tend to be pretty much in shape, not because they have to go to the gym every day, but actually because they eat right and they eat healthy, you know, and they work, you know, and, uh, and they don't have to work hard, but, you know, they stay active and uh, they 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 participate, you know, in the family unit as, and they have their role. You know, they 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 respect, fam- you know, gender roles. The father does this. The mother does that. And guess what? It actually freaking works because that's what we were doing from the beginning of time. It yeah. wasn't until the feminists uh, came in and go, you know. Oh, ladies, you know, we should be equal, equal rights, blah, 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 you know, and you don't need to be married and you don't have to do this. You can be a doctor. You should die. And now look where we are today. Less and less women are getting married. There's less and less kids. And guess what? More and more women are unhappy because they can't find a man. Did you know, percentage wise, um, I share something that's kind of funny, too. So most women. They've done a lot of studies on this. Are looking for a guy that's at least six foot, although you don't have to be six foot. Um, they're looking for a guy with six figures, ideally. Um, they're looking for a guy with at least a six inch cock. Okay, I know that disqualifies you. No, <laughs> hey man, that's three, right, yeah, I, I'm already disqualified. Three for three. I'm five nine on a good day. Uh, I actually cut my penis off for solidarity with trannies, and I don't know something to do with Ukraine. And uh, I'm not making six figures, so uh, by that definition, I can't have a I, woman, which is why I. Anyway, I, I'll cut a third of mine off and give it to you. And, oh, and then, thanks, uh, Dale. Just a, you, you know, just a third, though. Right. I'll, I'll, <laughs> end this, I'll end this live stream right now, you cocksucker. Yeah, they want the... Yeah, yeah. and so the other thing is, um, so, you know, they ask these women, you know, what would, ideally, what would you, would you like? You know, this is the kind of guy I want, you know, he's this, he does that, he's got money, he's, he's uh, you know, he's a self-starter, um, he's sovereign, you know, um, he's, you know, he doesn't have to be a good looking guy. Actually, women don't really they don't really hang their hat on that when they're like, you know, the, the height height thing is really something more subconscious um, because what it says to them from a primitive primordial um, you know perspective is the guy's a hunter, he's strong, and he could be a potential protector because he's six foot. Now we know that's not always true. You know, little guys that whoop your ass all day long, but this goes back to you know the our prim- primitive times, right? So um, so they you know. When, when the women said, this is my guy that I'm looking for, did you know that guy is only about 5% of the male population? And that guy and doesn't want fuck all to do with you. Absolutely, right? Why would that guy want he, a fucking parasite, he's a, right? He's got a fucking vasectomy, a penthouse, and a passport. He ain't looking for your dumb hoe ass. He's out. He's out. And the only motherfucker that would be compatible 
is me, Mr. Like uh, Mr. Four Four Four, Mr. Three Three Three. On a good, right? Well, well, here's the thing, right? And you, I don't know if you've ever told this to your listening audience out there, but I think it's kind of worth noting. You should probably tell them. You know, here you go to go to med school. You score super high on MCAT. You're this fucking. You could be this fucking next medical fucking genius in the world, right? And then he said, ah, fuck that. You know what? I can make a lot of money, do really well at that, but I'm not as interested as I'm. I'm more interested in talking to people and doing podcasts. And here you are doing it, right? So you're doing what you want to do. You're a sovereign man. You know, you're making money, you know, and nobody's telling you when to get up, fucking put the toilet seat down. You do what you want to do. And how cool is that? And the other good part news is um, for every guy out there, as we get older, we just get better, okay? We become more attractive. We were more marketable, right? Our, our, uh, uh, our sexual and financial attractiveness and value just keeps going up, our marketability, yeah, right? As not we forgetting get older. about that six-foot thing as a protector, and you realize we're not on the plains of Africa 100,000 years ago. Hey, yeah. who has a job? Who has insurance? Who has a 401k? Who has a home that's paid off? They, they you, ain't, get, you ain't give it a fuck if I'm a five nine Irish guy with gray hair. No. Hey, motherfuckers got a bank account now. They just want to think that maybe you got a six foot pallet of fucking hundred dollar bills, you know, or something, right? So yeah. that's what ma- that matters, and that's why you see all these dudes, you know, going, oh yeah, he's a he's you know that's a sugar daddy because look at this little fucker, you know, you old fart dude, he's got this hot chick. Well, yeah, money's power. Okay, let's get let's be realistic. Money is power, and power will get you money. They'll go hand in hand. Power and money are hand in hand. If you got you got money, you got power, perceived power. And if you got power, perceivably you have money or you have you have the ability to get that money. You have the ability to influence things because that's really what money does, right? Influencing, influence sales, purchasing, things like sure. that, right? So look, you, you can do it with power. Um, and so, you know, that there is attraction. So for you know, guys, man, when you get up there, look, even at my age of 60, yeah, I'm 60 years old, man. Um my wife's much younger than me. I won't go into her age, but considerably younger than me. And it's not a, especially with Asian women, they don't give a shit. Um, I've had 22 year old women, 20 year old women come to me, a 28 year old women, you know, very attractive. And, you know, I could do that all day long. You actually see a lot of that over in Asia too. Right. And so, because with, with the age comes the maturity that they're at the security and, um, the sovereignty that the, and the protection that they're looking for. Right. So all those types of things that help, nurture the family raise the kids so i tell guys man over here man you know dude dude don't let that piece of pussy fucking you know lock you up for life man because it will right and these and by the way women are not as marketable for as long that's the reality let's face it in indonesia if a girl is more than it goes over 25 years old everybody's like what's wrong with you how come i have married you yet you know by the time you're 30 it's like oh you're just an old hag you know and i'm like what these 30 year old girls look like 18 year old girls man they're beautiful attractive but in their mind you know you're expected to be married before you're 25 my wife got married the first time she was 15 years old all right 15 now that wasn't by her choice she was forced to get married but um but you know but that's there's a lot of that going on over there now i'm not advocating for that kind of thing but what i'm saying is um as women get older even in america right there's a there's a there's a ceiling, man. And unless you really go out of your way to put up makeup on and dress sexy and work out, you know, women just don't have that same. What's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's called uh, um, street sexual value or streets, you know, some type of value right there. You, you're not as desirable anymore as a girl over here. Right. Because listen, here's another thing. Right. So this will count sound chauvinistic, but I don't care. Um, you know, well, you know, women are beautiful on the inside. Okay, look, man, let's let's be real. Right why 
if you if you really thought that men don't look at women from the outside because you know we, we're looking at women first because we want a sexy woman with nice tits, nice ass, good body, not fat. You know, same reason a woman wants a tall guy with a jawbone. It's the same fucking shit. And, exactly. And then guess what? If it if it wasn't true, and if women stop lying, if, if they would stop lying and actually admit the truth, that's why they put fucking makeup on and lipstick on, right? Red lipstick. Why red lipstick? Because red lipstick is the same thing as women's lips turning red when they're fucking turned on. Okay, the blushing in the face, redness comes from, you know, the blood flow and, and the excitement of sex and mating, right? So there's all these things. So women are actually duplicating that, right, by trying to look beautiful, sexy, you know, the, all that shit. Because it, and if it didn't matter to them, if they didn't believe it, then why are you doing it? Why you just put on a pair of fucking sweatshirt, a sweatshirt and pants and, and call it a fucking day? Don't even bother your hair, right? It's, well, it's if you have to tell, if you have to say something, then it's like that quote, right? If someone if if someone has to say they're the king, then they're not the king, right? Right. It's just there's power is power. Power is self confident, and it's also like, man, if you gotta if you gotta bombard every newspaper and Facebook post it, that uh, that curvy is beautiful. Hey, some guys like that. More power to you. Hey, man, if you gotta force it down, you, if you gotta use propaganda. Hey, hey man, you take yeah. a perfectly stacked woman. You don't you don't need any headlines to have you looking at. And hey, vice versa. I was in great shape all my life. In 2014, I lost my brother, and I put on like 70 pounds. You want to know something? I was the same guy that got into the same medical school with the same education. You want to know what? I struck out like I had like a biblical dry spell. Like, and you go, what fuck happened? And then I lost most of the weight. And you know what? It all came back. That ain't a fucking coincidence. I'm still the same person. I still have the same manners. I still talk the same way. I don't hold it against anyone. It's just the truth. It's not. Yeah. No, no, nobody nobody made it that way. It's just, hey, man, you get fat, your abs disappear, and your face gets chubby. It's just, it's what it is. And it's, in truth, you can you can find freedom. You can either bitch about it and go, it's not fair. I'm still, the, I'm still beautiful on the inside. And that may be true. And that does apply when you've been married 50 years and you get into your 80s. Yeah, sure, you're both going to lose all attraction. But at that point, it's something deeper. But man, you know, for a while, you can be mad at everyone else. And I was. And you know where that got me? Nowhere. Working at a liquor store, living in my parents' fucking room above their garage. Still screaming at the same camera, so I don't know how much I progressed. But like, <laughs> when you finally realize it ain't anybody's fault but your own. And even if it is someone else's fault, it's still your own responsibility. You stop fucking eating McDonald's. You stop drinking beer, at least to excess. You can still have fun. And you start losing weight. Don't be fucking surprised when a girl gives you the time of day. And then you know what? That's the opener. And then she gets to know you and they go, oh, I actually like you for who you are. And you go, but I've always been the same person. Hey, I bet there's a lot of girls out there who probably have the exact personality I want. But guess what? I'm a male homo sapien. If I'm not attracted, I ain't ever going to knock on the fucking door. And you can meet That's an attractive right. girl. And if she's not your kind, you go, fuck that. Or you meet an attractive girl and then know what happens. You start to go, oh, you know what? I don't, I, I don't care whatever happens to this. Like, I'd be with this person until she's 80. I don't give a shit. Yeah. But my yeah. grandma and grandpa weren't attracted to each other at 86, but it didn't fucking matter. They got married. They played their roles. My grandpa worked his job. My grandma raised six kids. And you know what? They were fucking happily married for half a century. So I, it's kind of horseshit. Dye your hair in neon green. Put a put a spike through your nose and say, yes, queen, you weigh 600 pounds. You know what happens? A bunch of fucking guys start to get passports and go, hey, is there any traditional women out there? <laughs> that's okay. a fact and, yeah. and by the way so now that we're on this topic of weight and all that stuff uh that reminded me of something so 
so I'm, like I said, actually in May I'll turn sixty. So I'm kind of fudging a little bit. I'm fifty nine, and oh, you so you're lying. Well, fuck it, this show's over. Well, you know, okay, back. <laughs> oh, no, actually, technically I am sixty because I'm counting the nine months that I was alive in my mom's body. That counts. Fair enough. So, fair right? enough. All right. Fair enough. Got All it right. Touche. Right. Bam. I'll, I'll 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 allow it as you were as you were. Hey, hey, we we're arguing that you know those are live bodies. Those are live. Yeah. So, so technically so I'm was, I'm thirty five. Yeah. All right. Fair yeah. enough. So I'm. I'm I'm way over 60 now. I'm right. pushing 61. So, all right. All so, right. Well, I'll be 60, though, for sure. So, what I'm going to do is I've already got it on my agenda. I've been thinking about it for a while, and I decided this summer, um, maybe around July, I'm going to actually do two things. One, I am going to get back in the ring um, and do a pro boxing match. I was a yeah. pro licensed pro fighter, and I want to get in at the age of 60 and, and fight. And everybody's probably thinking, you're fucking crazy, man. No, actually – uh, I got speeds like from hell, hands from hell, man. They're very fast. Um, I got, I'm still, I'm still good, man. I don't move like an old man. Anybody's ever seen me knows I don't fight. I don't fight like an old man, <laughs> but the only stipulation I'll have is, um, my opponent will have to be, um, he can be any way he wants to be if he's over 55, right? I'm be 60. I'm going to give him five years. Plus he can be whatever he weighs he wants. If he's less than 55, 54 below, he's got to be within 10 pounds of my weight, right? Whatever we agree on. Yeah. So let's just say I'm going to go in and fight at 190. Okay. Um, 196 or something like that. I'm 210. Well, I was, you know what? I've lost uh, 20 pounds in the last month. I've lost almost 10 oh, yeah. pounds in the last week, but I was at the highest I've been is 226. I normally run at 220, uh, 210. And believe it or not, today I'm actually 190. I went from 200 to 190 in seven days, and I'll tell you why that here in a minute. Jesus what I, what I'm doing. Um, so, and my I have a reason for all this. Um, but my goal is to get back in the ring and hopefully just a boxing match. I'll do kickboxing. Um, you know, I'll do MMA. I can do that too, but I'm more interested in the boxing. Um, but I will do MMA. You know. But let's, I want to start with boxing because I'm a professional. And so we're talking about a different level, right? So I want to fight on a pro level where there's actually a lot of risk, right? Let's face it, my age, you know, um, there's there's tremendous risk, right? Me going out there and doing it. But I'm not afraid of the risk. And uh, I'm confident enough that I can I can fight. I can at least defend and protect myself. And if worst case scenario, if it's just not working out for me, I can always just quit, right? So, <laughs> but you know me, I'll never quit. Um, so there's only one option is destroy that son of a bitch on the other yeah. side. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, but so I'm going to do that. Um, and then I'm also going to do a, another bodybuilding competition in the, in the master's oh, yeah. category, heavyweight, right? So I've done them before. I started bodybuilding in age 47, started competing. Uh, my last competition was at, at 50. Uh, and, and again, a master division, heavyweight. And, uh, and the only reason I stopped the company bodybuilding was because now all of a sudden I find myself in Hong Kong, Indonesia. I'm traveling around the world. It's hard to stay it's hard to stay consistent on the training regimen and the diet when you're just always all over the place, right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, but I'm not going to make that and let that be an excuse. Um, so that's my, my focus. So right now what I'm doing is, I don't know if you've ever heard of the carnivore diet, but, uh, I've been kind of catching up on it, reading about it here and people, even, um, Jordan Peterson's taking doing it and he swore by it. He's like, yeah, man, by day, the second week he goes, Completely total man. Everybody that I have talked to that's been on the carnivore diet, strictly on the carnivore diet, um, has just, you know, raved about the health benefits. They feel better. Skin's better. Eczema's gone. All these issues they've had. Even their eyesight's improving. My like, holy shit, man. I, I was <laughs> I was 219 on September 1st, and I've been eating chicken and spinach 
and water. Yeah. No carbs. <clears throat> and uh, as of today, I'm well, 187. Yeah, you, you, it fucking works. It, it, yeah. Well, this dar- this the carnivore diet, there's no vegetables, no fruit, no carbohydrate. Oh, it's strictly it's strictly meat. Meat, meat, meat. Um, well, you can eat eggs, right? And uh, that's about it. So mm-hmm. I eat eggs and, and sausage in the morning, mix it all up. Um, or my steak the night before that I didn't finish, I'll chop it up and put it in there with my eggs. So I eat that. Um, lunchtime, I cook... Um, half a sirloin steak or something like that. Um, then another half in the, e- in the evening or I'll quarter it and I'll eat four slices throughout the day. But just that little bit of meat, I'm full, man. I can't, I don't want to eat anything but else. That's and- why I eat the spinach is because it, 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 I get an entire fucking bucket and I think it's like 35 calories in the whole thing. I do that because it allows me to eat so few calories because I'm so full. You eat spinach and then you drink some water, man, it fucking inflates in your stomach. You're like, I'm not even <laughs> yeah. not hungry. Well, the meat does it too, right? So it, um, what I've noticed with it is, um, one, I feel a little bloated, mm-hmm. um, but um, it's because of all the fat. Two, I have the diarrhea quite consistently. That's because my body gets too much fat and body's trying to flush it out. That's yep. okay. It's cleaning me out. And so it's not it's not harming me. Um, and so literally I started this. I started the diet Tuesday. Today's Sunday. So what are we on? We're six days now. And uh, I've literally, I've weighed myself on day one at uh literally at one roughly 199 199 and a half and this morning i weighed myself at 190 i weigh myself every morning right mm-hmm. after i take a piss you know clean up uh, naked uh 190 yeah. pounds so i've lost i've at least lost seven pounds okay mm-hmm. maybe two pounds is water weight yeah. maybe um but i'm actually pretty hydrated i wake up in the morning i'm pissing you know sparkling clean water you know <laughs> and so I'm, i know i'm hydrated um but it, it works and, I, and i've been really happy with it. i thought you know if i if I get on it, I'm not getting any glucose. My brain's not going to function real well. I'm going to be loopy and goofy and forgetting stuff. But actually, the opposite's happening. Mm-hmm. The actual the opposite. My memories are actually coming back more. And I say that because after I had COVID the first time a couple of years ago, I got this long COVID shit. Right? Oh, yeah, talking about it. I remember that. Yeah, dude. I was on Queer Street for a while, man. I was like, I didn't know if I was coming or going, what was going on. I was always sleeping. And then I had a hard time remembering stuff. And even when I got normal, um, I've had a hard time recalling stuff that was, you know, like, who are you, Tom? Tom? Tommy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was that, it was that stupid, right? Um, and then I had to come up with some techniques to uh, stimulate my recall, which, by the way, I have a, I figured out a way, if you can't remember shit, how to actually remember it. It's really amazing. Um, I can't go into all of it right now, but basically there's a way to program your subconscious, consciously program the subconscious to retrieve a- uh, answers for you. But there's these these principles, these uh, these laws that you have to adhere to to make it work. I'll give you an example, okay? And I'm going off on a tangent real quick. Yeah. Um, see, look, look at me, man. I'm like really fired up right now and blah, 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 blah. And all I had was a steak. Got plenty of energy well, to burn, <laughs> but no, that 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 it, but yeah, but that it that is the thing. There's there's a little bit of a learning curve, but I mean, if anything, it kind of rolls into like another good thing. Is I know you're, you're gonna do your tangent, but like with like intermittent fasting, right? That's like you should only eat so many hours a day. The bloated feeling, I actually kind of use that to my benefit. I'm like, I know when I eat, I pretty much need to like you can't really that leather chair. I'm like, I gotta sit in that thing and fucking recline. And so then you go, well, I can't, I can't be like that all day. And you go, well, then I just won't eat till 8 p.m. Now you're doing intermittent fasting. So like, it kind of goes, it kind of goes hand in hand. You go, if I eat all this fucking chicken at one time, I'm not going to be able to move. Well, yeah. then wait till the end of the day. We don't have to move. And 
intermittent fasting. Yeah. But go on, go, on the, if, go on the memory. Yeah. Thing. So, yeah, real quick on the memory thing, and I'll go back to where I was going with this originally. Um, so I remember one night I was in Indonesia. So I have the Fire Stick uh, TV, right? You, yeah. you know what that is, right? Yeah. So, so I got a bunch I brought with me over there. It's really cool, man. Just plug a damn USB thing in my TV, and I get to watch – you know, 19,000 different channels of movies and shit, you know, it's freaking awesome. Um, and I would, anybody out there has got, uh, was it direct TV? Fuck those guys for what they just did on the news, you know, fucking Canon, oh, yeah. uh, Newsmax. People are dropping them like a hot potato because they pull that shit, them and AT&T. So I'm glad I don't use them anymore. Um, neither one of them, you know, I owe AT&T a thousand dollars. They can kiss my ass. I'm never going to get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, so anyways, so I'm laying in bed in Indonesia with my wife in Bali and uh, I'm watching it. She's asleep now. I'm watching TV in my bed, you know, and there's a, there was a movie um, called um, no exit. Okay. Um, it's relatively new. It's about an Asian girl. I think maybe she's Japanese Caucasian. I don't know, but it's, you know, we're somewhere in the United States. Long story short, her name was Darby D A D A R B Y, which I thought was a really unique name. Darby, right? For Asian girl. I never even heard that before, you know, other than Camp Darby, you know, for the range of training and all that stuff. But uh, never heard of a girl named Darby. I thought that's kind of interesting. And I fell asleep. And then I woke up in the morning trying to remember the movie. I go, damn, what was that girl's name? What was that girl's name? Ah, man, what was that girl's name? You know, I'm thinking uh, Ranger. No, 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 no. Grady. No, I couldn't think of it, man. Just driving. And the harder I tried to remember, yeah. I couldn't, it got worse, right? Now you're getting really frustrated. We've done that, right? You lose your car keys, your wallet, oh, and then time goes by, you start losing your shit, right? And then somebody goes, hey, idiot, it's in your hand. Like, oh, yeah, you yeah, know? So, in your pocket. Yeah, so so what I did was, um, what I had learned already was, um, what I have to do is take my mind completely off the topic, completely, okay? Um, like, you cannot even look, think about it a little bit. And why is that? Because as soon as you start thinking about something, you automatically go into the fight or flight reflex. If you can't remember, why? Because we don't understand, uh, we fear what we don't understand. Okay. Like what did I, I can't remember her name. I can't remember her name. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. And all of a sudden this happens, tunnel vision, which is actually your brain, not your eyes. Your, your depth perception is gone. Your, um, your peripheral vision is, is gone. Um, your heart rate goes up, tachycardia. Also your blood flows away from like your, 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 your immune system goes to large muscle groups, you know, preparing you to run or fight. Right. And so, um, and it takes about 20 to 60 uh, minutes to go back to pre-arousal levels, right? So if as long as you're in this fight or flight mode, for anything will put you in it, losing your car keys, can't remember this person's name, you're going to start going into it. And then it gets even harder, right, to, to remember the name. So what, what I teach everybody is go to an anchor point, okay? What is an anchor point? An anchor point is a happy place, okay? And uh, well, every time I say that, I think about the movie with Jim Carrey, um, Pet Detective, uh, um, not Ace Pet Detective, but uh, – no, no, uh, yeah, Ace Ventura. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, uh, Dumb and Dumber. So, you know, they 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 go to the uh, restaurant, <laughs> you know, throw the, the salt, you know, hit the guy in the head. What was his name? Catfish, sea, you know, and and sea bass. Sea bass, right? Right, sea bass. And anyway, sea bass catches him later in the in the yeah, toilet, in the and, and he's later and he's going, "Go to your happy place. Go to your happy place." Right. But every time I say this, I think about that moment. Right. He's right. Go to your happy place. Um, so. What is a happy place? Happy place could be any thought that, you know, will make you happy, will take your mind completely off the issue, right? Whatever it is. Um, in my case, that morning, I rolled over and, you know, banged my wife. It was like, okay, took my mind off of everything. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I had an issue. Made it like, Boom. And what happens is before all that takes, before I go to my happy place, I actually tell myself because I know what's happening is my, my consciousness 
is communicating with the subconscious, the mind, okay? The subconscious controls 95% of our behavior, all right? It's the program that we're operating off, the operating system. All we're doing with the, the consciousness is feeding it data, whatever we want, right? So it's input. So I, I told the subconscious, I need that information. I need that name. Send it to me when you have it. Literally, I say that, right? And so, and then I take my mind off it completely. Say, you're, you're on your own now, buddy. And then after I get done with my wife, it's like, you got mail. I'm like, yeah. there it is. You know, Darby. It's like, it comes yeah. back just like that. And I do it all the time. So I've learned how to overcome this long, long COVID bullshit. Um, you know, and okay, we could argue that well, maybe it's not COVID. Maybe I'm getting old or senile, been hitting the head too many times. What could even be diet nutrition? Believe it or not, yeah. your diet, um, your literally your gut, your gut biome, if it's off, it will literally affect your brain. Okay. It's all mm -hmm. interconnected. But it, anyway, I'm going off on a tangent right now. But um, so what I was trying to, you know, the whole point of the conversation was, you know, is, you know, our recall. Um, and the other, other thing too, by the way, is, you know, the way we think, you know, we are, we're indoctrinated from the age, of, from the moment we're born. So from the, the moment we're born up to two years old, um, we are susceptible, susceptible to what's called downward hypnosis from our mother, particularly, and the father too, but really the mother, because she's the one we're bonding with the closest. And so whatever she does or whatever reactions and emotions are, are, we're most likely going to adopt them through observation, right? And it's going to become imprinted. And then, so if you had a mom that was always, you know, screaming and hollering, scared of everything, you know, you're probably going to be that same kind of a person, right? A little skittish. And then from the ages of uh, two onward up to seven, we operate our frequency in our brain literally operates on a different uh, frequency range uh, around seven Hertz in what they call theta. Um, and so what, what does that mean? We're in the same uh, frequency um mindset as if we were a yogi doing yoga right we're like mm, we're bringing our, our, our frequency down in the head and so this is why kids uh between you know that age four and seven particularly are really good at learning you know electronics pick up language doing you know like wow they're like little sponges it's because their brain brain is programmed to pick up that information and learn it um after that you know they go into another, they go into beta. Okay. That's kind of where we're, we're at right now is in beta. Okay. We're operating probably around 28 Hertz or something like that. So, um, and that, so in this point, moving forward, what happens is um, we start taking in information and data consciously from our family, our parents, our friends, our school teachers, the news, the government, everybody's giving us input. And because we're young, right. We look at these people as figures of authority. They must know something. The news must be saying no something because they're the news. They're all over the place. They're saying it. So we buy into all this shit. Right. And then you, you get my age, you look back, you go, man, half that bullshit was bullshit. Right. Yeah, and so, yep. And it's actually, by the time you're 35 years old, you've been programmed 95%. And after that, of that programming, half of that information is either flat out wrong or skewed. And so you've been making bad decisions or making whatever decisions you've been making up to that age. It's been based off of that data, good and bad. And you're wondering, well, why is my life not getting better? I tried so fucking hard and nothing's happening because you're using bad data in the operating system. You got to change the operating system. So moving forward, you have to change how you think. You have to challenge paradigms. You got to, is that really freaking true? You know, and it's, it's not until then that you actually uh, free yourself, free your mind, right? And you actually can learn and grow and, and be all that you want to be. Um, anyways, fascinating stuff to me, particularly, you know, because of what I do on the coaching side of it. But, um, you know, but what where we are today now going back to the bigger picture, right? The, the, the um, you know, the macro, the macro look of the world macro perspective is 
you know, we have the dumb masses. I mentioned that earlier. I would argue to say that's at least 90% of the population are the dumb masses, right? Even though they have a uh, they bought an education. They're not intelligent. Okay. There's a big difference between effective intelligence. In fact, when I was in Delta, um, that's what the psychologists used to tell us, right? We had three psychologists there full time. That was their job to keep tweaking the machines and make sure that we do our job and don't freaking go haywire. And uh, I remember, um, you know, they talked a little bit about Delta Force operators and their traits, what makes, what sets us apart from all the other guys? How did we make it through selection and nobody else? Um, and it, and one of the uh, one of the key traits is effective intelligence. And what is effective intelligence? Well, common sense and the ability to work through situations, right, problems, difficulties, and arrive at a a reasonable or rational uh, solution, right? And a lot of people can't do that because one, they have limited information, okay, or two. Um, they've been they've been brainwashed and only believe in one thing and they can't think outside the box, right? So what they're looking for is a guy that can think way outside the box. Um, and the, and I, I've never forgot that point. At the age of 23, when they said that, it's like that has resonated with me all my life. Um, and so it's important that you know you can you can critically look at things and go, you know, no bullshit, um, or yeah, that's true, or this is true. But that doesn't happen from one source, right? You just can't look at one source and go, oh, that says, you know, CNN said this, so it's got to be true. You got to look at a lot of sources. You got to, and then you, what you have to do is map that information with your other data banks in your head already, the knowledge you already have and the experience you have, and see how it all forms up and matches. Um, you'd be surprised how much shit's in your head that's actually wrong and how much shit you actually know that's right. You're like, damn. And then intuitively start figuring things out, right? So you, when you can rely on yourself, and you can rely and you have faith and trust and confidence in yourself um, is when you start moving forward in life. And then that's when you start becoming sovereign. And that's when you stop following the herd and you break away and go, hell, fuck these motherfuckers. Let them go over the cliff. I'm not going with them, you know, because that's where a lot of people are at 90 percent. Right. And so I always say it's about five to 10 percent of the population that carries the world, you know, makes the world go around, you know, and uh, think about it. You know, there's. There's the producers and the consumers, right? And so how many people are really producers, you know, compared to, as compared to consumers, right? Um, you know, for example, you know, my wife and I, we produce, we make jobs. We produce jobs for people, you know, 65 employees, you know, hell, I even, I make jobs for dogs. I got four, had 45 canines, you know, and now I got another 12, you know? So, you know, we, we provide, we produce, we make the world turn around. Everybody else takes, takes sake. And it's the takers that are never happy, right? Because, you know, what's the old adage, you know, um, nobody complains about the rich, about the rich having money more than poor people. Poor people always complain about money, right? They're the only ones that care about money. That's all they focus on. That's all they can think about is money, right? And so think about that. Um, and so because we have this, you know, this dichotomy, man, this, you know, um, it is what it is, you know, not everybody's going to be a producer. Um, so we do need consumers. Well, we're all consumers to some degree, but uh, not everybody's a producer. Not everybody's a contributor and, and giving something back. Most people are just taken, right? And then complaining because it's not enough or it's not exactly the way I wanted it or we wanted it, right? Um, so my, my, again, I'm, I'm assuming that because my audience tends to be mostly men, 
um, with a few women that get it right. Then they're, they're real good women. Okay. They're not, they're not the, they're not the parasitic women. They're the ones that get it and they believe in the gender roles. And I have a lot of female followers and you have a lot of male followers, probably have some female followers that are in the same camp with us. Um, not because we're women haters. Um, we obviously love women. I do. Um, and so, um, but we're truthful and being honest, you know? And so I'm telling guys out there, because that's who's normally listens to me is if you want to be sovereign, you want to be happy. Um, you've got to challenge paradigms. You've got to, you've got to avoid the dream killers. Okay. What are the dream killers, man? They're everything. Okay. Finances, health, women, kids, laws, cops. There's a lot of shit that's going to keep you from being who you want to be in life, you know, and you've got to learn how to avoid all that stuff. Don't, don't entrap yourself, avoid the traps by working on yourself, believing in yourself and, you know, and, and setting your purpose in life. Where do you want to go? Um, you know, that's a, that's a tough task for a lot of people because they don't know how to do it because they've been enculturated all their life to think a certain way, think, believe certain things. And it's hard to break that, right? It's hard to break that way of thinking. If you've been trained to think a certain way, it's hard to get out of the way of thinking. Honestly, I was raised in a military culture. My dad was in the army for 20 years. I was in the army for 20 years, spent another nine and a half years in OGA. Uh, my sister, my son's a Green Beret. I can go on and on and on. Uh, I come from military culture. So I was indoctrinated into this military mindset all my life. Okay. And so I still have it, everything that I do. If you ever look at some of my pictures and stuff of my guys in Indonesia, right? They're wearing strapped uniforms. Canines look like they're freaking in uniform. I mean, everybody's dressed right dress, you know, and I have a military regimentation to my business, my civilian business in a foreign country. Um, it's always going to be a part of who I am because I know it actually works. It actually produces results. I get things back for that that are good, and so does everybody else. Um, I don't get things back when I just run a loose ship. Go, hey, do whatever you guys want to do. Just don't fuck me over, you know, because they will fuck you over, and they'll take everything you got. Um, so it starts here, man, and I'm telling dudes, we're in a diff we live in a different paradigm. Um, it's a paradigm where, you know, men are the enemy, particularly American men, um, and, and, and not to sound racist, but particularly white men are becoming, you know, we're the evil ones now, you know, even though we're not, um, it's the picture that has been painted because it actually, it actually contributes to the narrative, the bigger narrative of the people that are opposed to us, the freedom and our, everybody's freedom, right? So um, they would love for guys like me and you to go away because we are in their way. Right. We're the guys telling these other guys, hey, don't fucking don't stand down. Don't fucking don't back up, man. Don't give don't give any quarter, man. Just fucking, you know, be prepared to stand your ground. That's what scares the left. That's what scares the government, all the governments. They don't like guys like us because we can't be controlled. And uh, and so that's my message. And that's the same message, actually, which is why I like Andrew Tate so much. Same message. He says, stop being a pussy. Stand yeah. up and take care of yourself. You know, and pussy, there's plenty of pussy. You'll get so much pussy in life. You know, if you take care of yourself, you know, and you don't have to look like freaking some handsome Jack, as long as you can exude, um, project power, okay, and confidence, and you got intellect, okay, and you're shaking a mover, you'll have a happy life, okay? You'll have a happy life. But if you acquiesce to come, you know, I, I got a friend. I'm not going to mention his name. You know who he is too, but I'm not. You, we're not going to mention his name to save him the embarrassment. I watch him on his phone, like, Hey, baby, how you doing? Dude, you know, I know why he's doing it, okay? Because the other person on the other side is just fucking pure evil, man. Um, <laughs> and so, and he's he's got all kinds of shit to lose. And he doesn't want to lose it, you know? And I'm like, damn, you know, that sucks to live a life like that. I said, what are you doing? He goes, well, 
because I have no choice. Because if I walk, I lose everything that I've accumulated. I get she everything's gone, you know. And uh, you know the irony is he's not even married to her. Like, huh? <laughs> That's how afraid of it. He's still got so many financial ties. But you know, don't be that guy. Is what I'm trying to tell you. Don't. It could happen to you, but don't let it happen to you. Be smarter than that, regardless of your age. You know, you Tommy, man, you you got a good start, man. I'm telling you right now. You keep doing what you're doing. You know, you go out, you work out. You got a great shape on you. Um, you're smart. You know, you're a go-getter. Um, good things will happen to you. You'll find that right person. When you come over to Indonesia with me, I'll hook you up, man. I'll come over. I'll come over. Hey, I'll we'll come. do a podcast over there, man. Yeah, absolutely. No, we've talked about turning, uh, buying an island and turning it into Comstockistan. And uh, know, right? Your own embassy. You We'd eventually get bombed. But uh, about the about the like, the critical thinking and the paradigms and shit, there is um there's i would say probably the most important thing about that whole aspect is to examine examine your observations and you can't be fearless because you can't control fear but examine the truth for what it is and so that could mean I remember reading a quote when I was in college and it's like a professor is never going to, a professor is going to, you know, administer a test and all that shit. They're never going to tell you, Hey man, you should maybe take a year and go think about whether or not you want to be a doctor. And like, but you don't know that when you're a student because the people telling you to be a doctor are often doctors themselves and there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, as you get advice from older people or your uncle or whatever the fuck. And well, then you have to start questioning like, well, do do they know the answer? And that's that's scary. That shakes your worldview. That shakes the scaffolding in which you've grown around. But if you would just keep examining it for all of its it's scary, it's you know flawed, it will eventually start to set you free. And so yep. it's not just that you have to examine something fearlessly and try to understand what paradigm you're in. It's also to understand what the implications are. Oh, the implications are Oh, maybe the government's not out to help me. Oh, what a shocker. That's a scary one, right? You grow up, your like, Uncle Sam wouldn't. Well, okay, but if you just put your head in the sand, well, one, you can't. You can never forget it, so you're just lying to yourself. But examine that. And then it leads to the next thing, and it's like, well, do I need all these pharmaceuticals? Maybe, maybe they're out for profit. And maybe people are making money off this war. And then on and on and on. And eventually, it's just it's a series of of discomfort and it sucks but then you're free from it right a workout sucks but then you're finished and you feel great and you start to get some muscle tone the same thing happens with just examine something like i realized i didn't want to be a doctor after i'd spent four years getting into medical school like that's a shitty realization to be like Oh, fuck. I climbed the wrong mountain. Like, it just sucks. There's no way around it. It just sucks. Doesn't make it any different. You're still on the wrong mountain. It's just what it is. <laughs> you, you can fucking pout about it. You can get shit faced and be, scream. And that's what you got to do. But then you eventually go, all right, well, where's the other mountain? Well, the other mountains, I want to be my own boss and be in charge of myself. Fuck. All right, I'll start marching. And it's been 10 years. It took four years to get in med school. It's taken 10 years to get to this point where I can pay for myself doing what I want. But now I'm here. And so with all these challenging paradigms, I mean, from anything, from what is the U.S. dollar backed by to fucking, 
you know, who who owns the media companies to fucking who, you know, am I getting censored or, you know, what is hate speech and what is fucking war going on? And is are this country evil? Are we really good? There are all these levels of discomfort. But as you move further and further inward in you, your philosophy and your mindset starts to get more in sync with reality, then you can start operating bet you know if you if you're if you're trying to build lo- rockets and launch them but you're under the mindset that the earth is flat well once you start to get into like 10,000 mile trajectories your shit's going to be wildly off target versus you get the correct model and you can you know coriolis effect and okay we're moving around the sun and there's atmospherics and ballistics and you can start hitting your target better and it's that's what you have to do is you have to get the model correct and it's scary because to get the model correct is one, to admit that your current model's fucked, and then two, to throw it out and be in that weird limbo where you don't have a model, but you can build it back and you can get more and more accurate. And so anytime there's like a discomfort and you don't want to look at the truth, that's where the fucking answer is. That's one thing I've, I've, I'm finally getting better, I think really in the last couple months getting better too. Yeah. Is just to stop hiding from the discomfort and instead go. The discomfort is actually it's just the truth. It's in it. It's like the sun. You don't want to look at it. It's like a megaphone. It's too loud. That's where the fucking answer is. So just look at it. There's no getting away from it. What is that feeling inside of me? Or I'm not happy doing this. Or I, you know, I should probably apologize to this person. Or I'm not saving enough money. Or I should I should really be dieting more. Like just examine it. And then it's like pulling out a splinter, and all of a sudden there's tranquility. And then the next one will come along. And as you do these over the years, you start to get less and less afraid of it. So now when you hear discomfort, you just go, you're, you, you know, it's no different than someone knocking at the door. You're like, Oh, I got to go get the door. You just, you're just moving more and more fluidly. And also it gives you confidence to not give a fuck. So when people are like, I can't believe you, they are talking up, shut the fuck up. I don't, you know, we were talking uh-huh. about demographics before this. I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know what my demographics are. Like, I don't, I don't give a shit. I'm just doing. Anyone thinks that if anyone thinks I'm looking at statistics and being like, who can I impress? I, I, I don't. It means nothing to me. It fucking means. No, if I gave a fuck, I'd still on be, I'd still be on YouTube, and I wouldn't be swearing. But instead, I don't know, for better or worse, I'm banned to Rumble, where I'm just screaming and calling everyone a fucking retard. But I don't care. It's just. Because that's what I'm supposed to be. And then maybe one day I'd change. I don't fucking know. But just, and I know it's cliche, but like the, the truth will actually set you free. And it that's, it actually will. It's, it's the truth. You're right. Because because um, a lot of times people are literally prisoners to everybody else's will and everybody else's um you know, what everybody else is projecting. So, you know, it's, for example, you know, a lot of people would be afraid to have this conversation you and I are having. And you said retarded. Oh my God, people will lose their shit. Don't oh, say no. retarded, right? Right. And so, you know, and so, and and, and then what you're going to do, a lot of people will do is they'll avoid using that word, right? It's because now what's happening is those other people that are so sensitive are now controlling your thought process and the words you say. So are you sovereign if you do that? No, because who's in charge of you? You or them, right? So that's the difference, right? And I thought about this quite a bit. Now, I normally don't cuss, um, at least on, on you know, any kind of media, but I do sometimes. But today I did, obviously. Um, and actually what's happening is 
I'm becoming less and less concerned about people's opinion about me. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm starting to basically adhere to my own teachings. And, and that is who gives a shit what people think about you. And if, you know, if they're not paying my bills, putting a roof over my head and keeping me safe and alive, I really don't give two shits. Right. And so that's your opinion. And, you know, if you want to get down to brass tacks, show me what you've done in life and show me why you're right. And I'm wrong. Yeah. Good luck with that. Right. So, um, that's one of the benefits of being my age. And then these other old fuckers that are older than me that try to correct me. It's like, dude, tell me again, what did you do? Oh yeah, nothing. Right. So it's not because I'm smarter than everybody else. It's just that I'm not, I won't allow myself to be controlled by everybody else, nor will I think like it. Look, I will never respect per personal pronouns ever. All right. So I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Um, you're either a male or you're female and we're not going to have this conversation. Um, aborting babies is murder period. You know, I'm, I am not changing my, I've done the work. I've done the research. I've looked at it really hard. I've analyzed the shit out of it. And I'm like, nope, nope. I am not going to conform because somebody else has sensitivity issues. You know, um, they can't cope. That's really what it comes down to. They can't cope. So they want me to help them cope by changing my character. And that's not happening. Right. So, but you're right about once you can recognize the truth, um, you know, and you recognize and you accept it then you are going to be free. And that's kind of where I'm at, man. I, I look at so many things and I know, I, I, look, there was a time I thought, oh, smoking marijuana is bad. Now, I don't smoke marijuana. Okay, that's not what I do. All right, I'm not advocating that. What I'm saying is I was always like hardcore marijuana, drug, bad, you know, and, um, you know, I was indoctrinated by my dad. Drugs are bad. Don't take drugs. Like, Hell, I was afraid to take prescription drugs. And I really kind of don't, you know, unless I really, really, really have to. Um, but, um, and it occurred to me one day um, in my 40s, after I got my doctoral degree in alternative medicine and natural health, you know, studying herbs and medicinal herbs and things like that. And I was like, wait a minute, what the hell's wrong with marijuana again? Um, let me see. Not people. People aren't dying from it. OK, people died from drinking alcohol and cigarettes like in the droves. Right. <laughs> but I'm not hearing too many marijuana deaths. Right. And so um, it's used for medicine now. So it has some medicinal purposes. What is wrong with it again? It relaxes people. It actually helps people that are, have PTSD. So there's a lot of benefits to it. And, and after doing a little bit more research, I realized, yeah, how come, how come nobody's going to jail for fucking smoking cigarettes to death and, and you know, drinking, but people getting locked up left and right for marijuana with harsh sentences, like, you know, when Kamala Harris dished out. Um, and for, for what? And then I realized it's because it's against the law. Why is it against the law? Because the government can't make money off of it. They can't tax you for it. And actually, they make money off it because they can arrest you, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's, this is how they're going to make their money. So I realized this is not about your health and people's safety. This is all about government control and money and taxes. Um, and so when I came to that realization, and I did the work, okay, I'm like, fuck that. Who cares if you smoke marijuana? I don't care. You know, I don't, I don't give a shit, you know? And so, you know, there's some drugs I wouldn't advocate for, obviously, you know, like cocaine, fucking uh you know, uh, I know so much bad shit out there today, you know, fucking, uh, heroin. <laughs> yeah, my heroin, and, you know, and, and uh, nice. uh, anyways, yeah. So, you know, obviously those are, those are like really life altering, um, biology altering, dr altering drugs, you know, and, uh, they have some severe long-term uh, consequences. Fentanyl, my God, I watched, I saw the fentanyl problem firsthand while I was working on San Francisco, downtown fourth and market street for six months. 12 hour days, I watched 
fentanyl just destroy people's lives not even just the people that were taking it but the people that were around them were becoming victims of this drug you know and uh and it was so scary i thought oh my god man please god don't let my kids accidentally you know touch this stuff somewhere or any way get contact have it you know lace into their marijuana whatever you know if they're doing that but uh you know that i don't advocate for all right but you know marijuana is a lot less evil than than cigarettes for sure and alcohol so anyways these are paradigm shifts that i've had to have mm -hmm. unfortunately come later in life you know but with with age and experience you know education bigger worldview you start seeing things from different perspectives go huh wow how did i miss that you know and you and you dial in it. and then you do become more free right so um and it's, it's beautiful when you when you find that you find that freedom you find that sovereignty um the bad part is like me getting older, I was like, fuck, now what am I going to do with this information? <laughs> I can't exploit it as much as I used to, you know, yeah. wanted to, you know? <laughs> sure. But it's still, it's still better late than never. And it's, yeah, you come to those, real, you know, I don't, I rarely, yeah. rarely smoke. I don't think I've smoked in over a year. It's not for me. I don't give a fuck who does it. It's, but, yeah. and then you go, yeah, well, they, they're making money off putting people in jail. It also makes sure by keeping it illicit, it also makes that, makes sure so that the, the cartels have a good stream of money and we like to control the cartels. So why the fuck would we want to, they're already coalesced into their own power structures. If we control those, then we control fucking middle America. Like, all right, those are paradigm shifts and those are scary. You don't, you go, oh, fuck, what are the implications of that? Yeah. But stare the, stare it in the face and you can't do it fearlessly because you can't control fear. So, but just stare it in the face and accept it. And then you become liberated and you know, it wasn't the end of the world. And then the next one comes along and the next well, one. Well, what you do, what you do is you, it might be scary, but you have to have the courage to face it. Right. Yes. And the confidence. And it actually starts with courage to face it, analyze it, understand it. Once you understand it, you no longer fear it. Yeah. And it, right. And so there, there are steps that goes to it. Right. So we fear what we don't understand until we understand it. Right. It's like, you know, people are afraid of guns. Oh, my God. You know, guns are bad. Kill people. No, actually, if you understand this, the gun doesn't go bang by itself. Somebody put their booger hook in the trigger and pulled the trigger. Right. And that went bang. OK. And so it's just an instrument. So once you understand the whole concept, gun doesn't kill person, person with gun kills person. Um, then we figure out, OK. The gun is not scary. It's inanimate. It doesn't just get up and start shooting people. So, and then if you understand how to handle it safely, how to load it, unload it, clear malfunctions, watch where you point it, you know, all the firearms uh, rules and things like that, then you become more confident. And then now you just, like I said, there's more confident. Now you can cope with it, right? Easily. You can cope with it because you have the confidence. It goes hand in hand. It's knowledge. Knowledge is power and, you know, learning is superpower. So, um, you know, to your point, if you want to get ahead in life, you want to you want to evolve, you want to get smarter, you want to be more confident, you want to you want to expand your horizons. Um, you know, you've got to you've got to change what you think to how you think. Change the what. You know, people are telling you what to think, right? Because they're doing it every day. They're telling us what to think. Stop letting them tell you what to think. Change the way how you think. Okay, and that's the key part is the how. That's what I actually teach people is how to how to think, right? It's, and it's actually a science. Believe it or not, success is based on science, physics. Success is solely based on physics. Like how the hell is that possible? It's got shit all to do with willpower. It's got nothing to do with philosophy because willpower wanes. 
it wanes. You know, right? There's only so much gas in the tank. You got to refill, do something else. You know, philosophy is really kind of the it's kind of the sovereign of the philosopher. That's his philosophy. It doesn't mean it apply to everybody. Yeah. It doesn't even mean it's right, just because it sounds cool, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, but what never changes is you know the how you think. And if you can if you can learn how to think and exploit, you know, the the vision, the imagination, and you understand how to exploit that through your neurophysiology, uh, um, it's called epigenetics, but if you can understand that process, you can do anything you want in the world. So when people ask me how do I do all this shit, there is, there's the answer right there. It's not because of what I was thinking. It's not because of what people were telling me. It's because of how I was thinking. How I, And most people don't really understand how to think. They think, but they don't understand the how. Really, There's a, there's a performative part to this thing, um, to, to thinking. And... Uh, that's why some people are so vulnerable and gullible and they believe everything because they don't know how to think. So they just take data in and go, yeah, yeah, it must be true. Right. They don't understand the whole process of, you know, um, recognizing and assimilating, you know, um, uh, or assimilating and analyzing and, and mapping and compartmenting and just, you know, long-term memory, short-term memory, short-term memory stores, all these ideas of how to actually filter information so that you're putting good data in the subconscious, the operating system. Um, and as long as you don't do that and you don't know how to do that, you'll never, ever live the dream. Did you know that only about 0.02% of the world population actually lives the dream? I'm living my dream. I live the dream. It's like, wow, I'm living the dream. Um, I think you're living the dream. I'm, I'm sure your dreams are bigger, but you're living that. You're creating your own, you manifested your own, your own life and your own happiness, as I have. You know, you and I are in a very select group of people, very small class of people, around 0.02%. Everybody else is trying to get up that hill and then they give up and go back down the valley, you know, fucking walk around aimlessly with everybody else and then die. And there's just a big valley full of bones of fucking sad people down there that are unfulfilled. And it's guys like you, me, you know, you take any, you know, wealthy person or successful person in the world, they're on the mountaintop. They made it to the top because, you know, of how they were thinking. They persevered, you know, um, it's pretty simple. But then again, it's not, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, obviously if it was simple, everybody would be doing it. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, I, it's, I'm definitely living where I want now and I do have bigger and better dreams, but yeah, no, it's easier to get into medical school. <laughs> I'd, I'd honestly, I'd, I'd say that sincerely, it's way fucking easier to get into medical school and you take that and pick it apart. I would say that's, it's accurate. Yeah. Cause at least but what's, more medical... satisfying. <clears throat> exactly. what's more satisfying. Well, exactly. Right. Exactly. And when, I mean, when you do get there though, I mean, it's it's bliss. I always wondered, like, what would it be like if I actually fucking just made money on my own? No boss, no employees, just fucking winging it every day. And yeah, it's it's probably the only thing in my life that's never let me down, right? You always have ideas of, oh, this vacation's going to be so great, or this sex is going to be so great, or this video game's going to be... And it's always good, but it's never quite as great. I would say sort of becoming who i wanted to be it's it's fucking greater than i ever met i mean it yeah i mean i'll just i'll, I'll walk i mean I, I work my ass off every day and it might look like i'm miserable but man there's a day doesn't go by that i don't at some point just start grinning like a fucking idiot and just being like you, this, this you, is so you, sick. You, have, you have self-actualized is what you have done it's called self-actualization so it's a term uh, coined by uh 
uh, Abraham Maslow, right? You've heard of uh, Maslow hierarchy of needs, right? Mm -hmm. um, and basically self-actualizing is becoming the person in your mind's eye that you would like to be, um, you know, that person that you can visualize. And so, you know, you have done that. That doesn't mean it's, you're there, right? You, doesn't sure, mean you no. can't visualize more and, and self-actualize more, farther, but yeah. you've reached, yeah, you've reached a milestone for yourself, right? And so uh, at this point, you know, you can, you can always go backwards, but I doubt it. You know, there's really one way to keep going up. Um, use that as a, as your platform for your next, you know, your next adventure. Um, and so, you know, self-actualization and self-fulfillment, man. Um, if you're not, if you're not striving for that, then, you know, what are you doing? I mean, yeah. what are you doing? How, how can you, you can't really, you know, are you happy making other people rich, asking for two weeks vacation every year, getting up every morning from, you know, eight to five, doing whatever you're doing, flying a desk in an office or, you know, driving nails in a, in a fucking you know, construction site, which I've done all that shit. Okay. So I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying I've done it all. And, uh, you know, given all my, everything I've ever experienced in life, I will tell you right now, being sovereign is like, is the best thing ever, man. It's like, wow. You know, we're still, we're still, you and I are still, we're still, the government still got us by the balls, you know, and there's still people that got us by the balls to some degree, but uh, they don't have us by our balls, our arms or legs and our fucking neck either, you know? So <laughs> um, like a lot of people, you know, so that's the beauty of it. You know, I, I, you know, leave yourself your life option options open and uh, you know, always strive to, uh, Strive for that uh, that sovereignty, man, because you're going to need it more now than ever. They're trying hard to take it from us all. They're putting it, they're trying to put us all in the same box, right? It's easier to control us. Um, I said, who's they? Well, you know what? There is there is a there, there's an element out there. It has a lot of different names. The the cabal. Um, and by the way, these guys didn't just pop up in the couple last couple of years. They've actually been around for about a hundred years. This has been a long term thing uh, in yeah. play, but. Um, you know, we're, we're at this critical point, really critical point that uh, if we don't rein it in soon. Then you can kiss everything goodbye. You, you know, you can kiss your freedom goodbye. Yo, you'll be free. You get to you get to like you don't have to live in a cage, but you won't get to go on a vacation when you want to go on it. You won't be able to travel where you want to go. You won't be able to spend your money when you want to spend it. You know, you'll have whatever that your neighbor has, nothing more uh, and probably nothing less. But uh that that's coming, man. So that's coming for those that don't start preparing to build a ladder to get out of that box when it comes. Um, I've got the ladders, you know, I've got the ladders in three countries right now and uh, I've got other places to refuge, you know, and, you know, I've left some door, I've left some options open, you know? And so I, I would really highly recommend that people out there, especially men fucking don't, don't get shackled down. Don't let your little head talk, you know, control the big head. Um, there's plenty of, there's plenty of quiff out there, man. <laughs> you ain't going to be good looking and you don't have to be six foot. All right. All you got to do is project power, money, money, power. Even if you don't have money, project the power and, uh, you know, be confident, be strong, be moral, be right, be ethical. And you'll go a long, long way. So anyways. Hell yeah. Um, <clears throat> Dale, let's wrap this one up. That was, uh, All right, bro. that was a fucking blast. Uh, I'll send you the, um, that rumble link thingy so you can so you can download it and okay uh, yeah as always stuff. as always dale's okay. instagram is twitter his book all that good shit uh the performance coaching that all be in the description and um yeah dale thanks brother and uh till next time
Till next time. All right, man. Be good. Right, Be safe. Take care.